What's going on, everybody? I am the last sane human. So, let's get um, right off into this. Before we get into the UFC, though, let's talk about... Um, well, if you're 420 friendly, I encourage you to roll up with me. And let's smoke one together. I usually have it already rolled, but... <sighs> crazy stuff, so let's talk about it. But yeah, roll up, man. Smoke one with me. But so, uh, real quick, Jake Paul, Ben Askren, fucking horrible. I was hoping that Ben Askren won that fight, right? Hoping Ben Askren won that fight because I like Ben. I think Ben's a pretty cool guy. And, you know, I don't know. I just didn't want Ben to go out there and get knocked out, right? The problem is <clears throat> Ben's not a boxer. Look at his entire UFC uh, career, one FC, Bellator. He doesn't stand up and fight, period. That's not what he does, you know what I mean? And um, after seeing his striking versus Damian Maia, I just knew he had horrible striking. And um, Jake Paul's a lot bigger than him, looks a lot more athletic than him. I just didn't think it was a good fight for Ben and figured it must have been paying him a lot to have him out there taking that fight because it just wasn't a good fight for him. And Ben gets knocked out the first round. It's so horrible. I feel so bad for Ben. That shit is so crazy. And um, one, Jake Paul's not fighting fighters, bro. He he's legit training, like working out, training boxing, and then going out there and not boxing other boxers. You know what I mean? Or people who box. Period. He's going out there and he's legit fighting. He fought a wrestler, bro. Somebody who has absolutely no striking, and we all knew that going in. I don't know why Dana White would have ever said he would bet a million that uh, Ben Asher wins that fight. Ben Asher has doesn't have any striking. He's never boxed before, and he's stepping into an entire different arena. They should do a MMA match. That would be interesting for me to see. I would pay to see that because I know Ben would destroy him. But the boxing, it was horrible. It was horrible. Uh, Frank Mir also lost. They're saying he did good because everybody likes Frank Mir. Frank Mir did horrible. <laughs> Frank Mir did horrible. He was... Swinging wild, not really landing the shots, getting countered a lot, um, trying to clinch a lot, you know, trying to clinch and do a lot of dirty boxing. He outweighed the guy by a lot, but that didn't do him much good. You know, that guy was quick, he was fast, he countered, he had really good footwork. Even in the, in, in the, I don't know, it was just a bad fight. I just hate to see MMA fighters go to uh, boxing against these boxers because it's such a different sport you know it's such a different sport and like they they, they uh they prove it pretty much every time but so on to the um UFC uh I'm not gonna touch every fight on the prelims I will touch a couple uh the opening fight with Tony Gravely uh, I thought that was a good fight I thought it was a good fight I thought it was, some, I thought, I thought it was a good stoppage um, I thought it probably could have been it could have been stopped in the first, you know. Uh, once that guy felt his power, it wasn't it wasn't even a match anymore, you know. Uh, but they did slug it out though. The guy didn't give up. He stood, he sat down with him. They slugged it out. Tony Gravely won that fight very impressively. You know what I'm saying? Um, I like to see him more active in this fight as compared to his last fight. That was pretty dope. Um, oh, Austin Hub uh, Hubbard. 
in uh, Dakota Bush. That was a good fight. Those guys, you know, Dakota Bush looks like he'll be pretty good. So the same took the fight on short notice, you know. So I'm hoping to get him a full camp. Obviously, they're going to give him a full camp to come back and, you know, show what he can do with a full camp. Because on, on short notice, you know, and both of them took the fight on short notice, um, what I understand. But, you know, this guy, is, and then it was his UFC debut. So I definitely think he deserves an, um, another shot, of course. And um, I think, I, I don't know, I, I think he could be uh, legit. He has to work on the takedown defense, though. He got taken down kind of easily, and it looks like he has some really dynamic striking. He uh, and even I don't know. He just he looked really good. He looked really good. He just looked like he could have used um, a training camp pretty much. He just needed a training camp. I feel. I don't think he would have won that fight with or without the training camp, but you know, training camp. But Austin Hubbard won by decision. Uh, what else do I want to talk about? Jill Mersha got a submission. I don't know. I'd be on the fence about Gerald. That that was a good a, a good fight and it was definitely a good matchup for him or whatever. And um yeah, I don't know. I wish he would have fought the way he came out in that fight, I wish he would have fought Cosmo like that. You know? I wish that would have been the way he fought Cosmo because he would have had more success. And with Cosmo, he kinda just came out and battled against the fence and the first shot he took, he went down, you know, so I don't know, but that was a pretty good fight. Uh, I think that's all I want to talk about, really, from the prelims. Um, prelims, we had two finishes. The first fight, Tony Gravely, a knockout round two, and the third fight uh, was a submission round one with Gerald. Everybody else, decision wins, you know, but they were good fights, though. They were good fights. They weren't, like, just, like, boring fights, you know. They weren't, like, you know, they, they, they are with decent fights. But yeah, not not a lot of finishes on this card. <laughs> not a lot of finishes. But I also feel like guys weren't chasing the finish either. You know what I mean? Guys were trying to just stay safe or whatever. Hopefully, when the crowd come back, uh, the crowd being going at first was cool. But hopefully, when it comes back, you know, we uh, get these guys, you know, get after a little more, fight with a little more emotion because the crowd is there, not so lackadaisy, you know. Um, not to say that, that that's what's been happening, but on some of the fights, that's what's been happening, you know what I mean? But uh, I, I'm going to get into that. So uh, the main card, Jeremy Stevens and Dracar Closey, they got uh, the, the, the car, I mean, the fight got, uh, got canceled. Apparently, Jeremy Stevens pushed this guy too hard in the weigh-ins and broke him. You know what I'm saying? He was talking about his neck and something in his back, and he was throwing up the next morning and all types of crazy stuff. And I'm like, damn, Jeremy, you should have waited to the fight to hit him that hard. You know what I'm saying? Like, you pushed this dude too hard and straight up broke him, bro. Now we don't get to see the fight at all, you know? So hopefully, they're obviously going to, um, obviously, they're going to uh, rebook that fight, you know? And that'll get them a lot of hype behind the fight. Hold on. That'll give them a lot of hype behind the fight, you know, because that's crazy. Bro pushed you too hard and straight broke you. Granted, he probably wasn't expecting the push, so he probably was completely relaxed when it happened. But damn, bro. You know, so 
they moved Andre Orlovsky and Chase Sherman to the co-main. I didn't enjoy this. You know what I'm saying? I didn't enjoy this, you know, when I first heard. So, oh, moving on to the fight. So, what ends up happening is uh, Luis Pena and Alex Munoz opens the card. Good fight. Good fight. First round, I scored it for Munoz. If I'm not mistaken, the, uh, he scored a takedown. Pena got right back up, though. But, um... <coughs> But he landed some good shots in the first round, you know. And Pena did too. And Pena's like 6'3". I like Pena a lot. He's he's 6'3", but I feel like he doesn't use his height the way he he, he, he should, you know, in, the, in these fights. When he's much taller than his opponent, you know what I mean? Much taller than the opponent, have a crazy reach advantage, but gets touched a lot, you know. And um, first round, I gave the Munoz, okay? Second round comes out, and I'm like, all right. Uh, a lot of the same. The second round, Munoz got some more takedowns, landed some big strikes. I'm going to get defense a little bit, you know. I would have liked to see Pena use his jab more. We have enjoyed to see him use his jab more. He, he, he was eating a lot of leg kicks <coughs> that, that, that didn't seem to be affecting him, but that could have been a poker face for all we know. He was still eating a lot of leg kicks. And it, it was just like, he was real relaxed. He was relaxed and not really, like, really nonchalant with the fight, you know? And it was like Munoz was pushing the pressure more in the round two. So I gave the second round to Munoz as well. We get to the third round. Now Pena opens up. Now he's bouncing around. He's talking a little bit. Now he's feeling himself. He's throwing that jab out there more, throwing more kicks. Third round was a, n- no debate. Pena won. If he would have fought the first two rounds like that, it would have been a clear win. He ends up winning by a split decision. They gave him the first and the third. I can see them giving him the first. Although I did it, I can see them giving him the first because it could have went either way, you know? But this is my issue. Pena has to start winning definitively. Like, these split decision wins are going to kill his career, you know? He has to get out there. It's a three-round fight, you know? He seems to to me as if he, as if he has good conditioning. You know, the third round, he was you know, full of energy. So it's like, bro, we need you like that all three rounds. You know, you need to be <clears throat> on the attack, hitting them, looking for, you know, looking for your shots all three rounds the first two rounds it was more like he was waiting and you know like I say uh, for such a tall fighter for the division he's six foot three fighting at 155 but such a tall fighter for the division you know uh, Habib Nurmagomedov is 5'11 you know this guy's six foot three you know so you, you have a huge advantage over a lot of these guys you know I would like to see him use his his kicks more. I like to see him use his reach more, you know, and take advantage of the fact that you're at least four or five inches than everybody you're gonna. I mean, you're at least four or five inches taller than everybody you're gonna fight. But end of the day, he fought a good fight. His striking is always crisp, you know. He always has good striking, whatever. It was a good fight. <coughs> Munoz probably wasn't happy with the wasn't happy with the decision, and I can understand that, you know. But also, again, another decision, you know. 
So you can imagine with all these decisions, it was a long night of fights, you know. So, and then uh, Al Hassan, Abdul Al Hassan, and Jacob Malcolm. Now, I understand when you're going against a power striker like Al Hassan, the game plan, especially if you don't think you can take those blows, the game plan has to be to tire him out and with the wrestling and stuff. This fight, pretty much, that's what it was. Uh, Jacob grabbed Al Hassan, took him down. And that was pretty much the story of every round. Every now and then it got back up, but then Jacob would press him against the fence. Soon as his back hit the fence, he would shoot for the takedown. Got him down pretty much every time and just held him there. Didn't really do any damage, you know, kind of just laid on top of him, trying to control. He threatened a few submissions early on. I won't say it was that first round. He threatened a few submissions and whatnot, you know, but it was like when you thought the submission was tight, it wasn't that so much that Al Hassan was breaking free as if he was letting go. So then in my mind, it was like, were you attempting a submission to finish the fight or were you attempting a submission to regain control in that more dominant and, and then get back into a dominant position? So I don't know. I just thought it was a very slow fight. I don't mind wrestling and grappling as long as there's things going on. Once the guy's just kind of laying there, and then even even Michael Bisbee said it. He said something about our son probably wants him to, you know, let uh, get off of him and fight me like a man. You know what I mean? And then Dominic Cruz said, my wrestling coach said, it takes a real man to hold another man down. Exactly. Hold another man down. He didn't say ground and pound, destroy him on the ground, anything. Hold another man down from Dominic Cruz. Michael Bisbee, let go of me and fight me like a man. So you can take those two comments and kind of put together in your own mind how the fight went. If you didn't see it, you know. He pretty much just held him there, you know. Pretty much grabbed a hold of, hold of Al-Hassan and held, and held on for dear life till the fight was over. And when the fight was over, act like he's so dominant. I hate when guys do that because it's like you're literally holding the guy from fighting you. And then you win the fight by stalling the fight out pretty much. You know what I'm saying? You pretty much go out there and stall the fight out and say you're the best fighter in the world. You know, you don't really look for any finishes. You don't really look for any ground to pound. You just stall the fight out. You know what I mean? And then when you get done stalling out the fight and you say, hi, I'm the best fighter in the world because I can stall out anybody as long as I need to. You know what I'm saying? Like, get the fuck out of here. You know? You know? Even with Habib, Habib is not a lot of, no, they make it seem like he's just mauling people. He's mauling people. I don't know, maybe later on in his career, you know, when he got to the title, you know, but before that, Habib would just get you down, but he would look for a finish at the least. He would look for a submission, you know what I'm saying? And he would do a little ground and pound. He wouldn't just lay there. He would hit you a little bit, but, you know, he would look for the fucking finish. Even in his fights with Justin Gaethje, his fights with Dustin Poirier, his fight with Conor McGregor, he took Conor down and he, you know, he didn't really just ground and pound Conor out. He did that one round. But for the most part, he was looking for the finish, controlling down the position. I don't mind it as long as you're going for the finish because I like to see the work, uh, how they work for the finish, how they maneuver, the transitions on how they get to the finish because sometimes they can be beautiful to watch, you know. But, this fight was not that. It was not that, you know. The girls fought uh, 
Tracy Cortez one decision. I didn't watch that fight. I had to step outside. I had uh, my neighbors had some bullshit going on. You know, I live in the um, I actually live in a pretty nice neighborhood, but uh, actually really nice neighborhood. But um, every now and again, you know, even in these good neighborhoods, you know, people get a little drunk. So uh, I had to go break some shit up, and then um, came back in the house. I had missed that fight, but Tracy Cortez won. I probably got to go back and watch it on. Um, you know, ESPN Plus uh, got that little on-demand shit, so I'll probably go back and watch it. But on to the Robert Whitaker and Kelvin Gaslam. Man, man, man. So, Robert Whitaker won the fight, okay? I was, first off, it's crazy when you watch these guys fight for years and years because you get to see the evolution in their game. You know what I'm saying? And to watch Robert Whitaker in this fight, it was like, Wow. I didn't think he was going to, first of all, I didn't think he was going to win the fight. 100% pick Kelvin, 100% bet on Kelvin. I'll get to my bets um, later on or whatever. But 110% bet money on Kelvin. Thought Kelvin was going to win. Thought Kelvin might even finish him. Maybe not, because Robert has a good chin. No debate. Izzy knocked him out, but, you know, let's be real. He, had, he was fighting a lot, and he had just been in two crazy wars with fucking... Um, Yoel Romero and he was eating shots you know what I'm saying he was wobbly and chicken leg but he was still standing and still banging and he broke his hand and was just fighting with elbows and like you know doubling and tripling and quadrupling up on jabs and shit you know it was crazy you know but I didn't like Robert Whitaker's last couple fights he uh he had a good fight with Jared uh Kenneer uh don't get me wrong I didn't I didn't like the fight with Darren Till I thought both of them set back way too much or whatever. Uh, Jerry Kennier, it was a good fight. You know, whatever. This fight was an even better fight from Robert Whitaker. He was really fast. Like, I don't know if he looked fast because Kelvin looked so much slower, but he was really fast with his hands, man. It was crazy to watch. Like, he had really good hand speed. And um, I'm not a huge Robert Whitaker fan. I've, I've said that before. I'll say it again. My opinion is not going to change on that. I'm not going to be like, you know, before the fight, I don't really like Robert Whitaker, and he does a great job. And I'm like, oh, he's the best ever. I love Robert Whitaker. I've always been a fan since day one. You know, nah, I'm not going to do that. You know, but, you know, you got to uh, give credit where credit's due. And I did not think he was going to do anything like what he did. He got out there and put on the clinic. He won every single round. He had takedowns. They were like good, like, you know, trips and slams, you know. And Kevin was getting back to his feet, but it wasn't right away. Robert was doing pretty good, you know. And um, on the feet, oh, man, it was pretty much a kickboxing match. There were, there were takedowns, but it was pretty much a kickboxing match. The way Robert Riddick could sneak that head kick in there, man. He was sneaking the head kick in there, and Kevin was blocking it, but it was you could tell it was still hurting him, you know, because he was throwing it hard, you know. The jab was on point. It was fast. Came back with the straight. It was fast. You know, the one-two, it was fast. Great footwork. Kept bouncing on the outside and just pretty much just picked him apart. Leg kicks, teeth kicks, even landed one up the middle to the, uh, to the chin. It was picking him apart. He, he had more weapons, apparently. It was obviously he had more weapons, you know, in comparison to Kelvin, who was just using his hands. And he was kicking, too, but it wasn't the same, you know. Robert was faster. He was cleaner, you know. Kelvin, and Kelvin fought the whole fight. 
you know, there, there's no quitting Kelvin Gaston. To the end, he was fighting, you know, but Robert was just, was just a better man last night, man. It was so crazy to watch. And then it was so crazy for me to watch because I'm just thinking Kelvin's going to run through him. Or not really run through him, but I'm thinking Kelvin's going to win the fight, you know. <laughs> and then to see Robert put on a show like that, <sighs> crazy. Oh, crap. I skipped to the main event, but I, I miss uh, <coughs> the co-main. <coughs> so, Andre Arlovsky and uh, Chase Sherman. <coughs> also, a really good fight. Also, a really good fight. Uh, Andre does what he does. Stays on the outside. You come to him. And he just you know, pokes at you. Now, the, now in this fight, this fight could have went either way. If they said Andre won, which they did, then you could have argued, oh, man, not really, man. What's the name one? Sherman won. But if they, they would have said Sherman won, you could have argued that Andre won. The fight was so close in the numbers, there's no way you could have told who was ahead by just watching the fight. In the third round... You know, Sherman was pushing forward, egging him on, telling him to come on this fight. Pretty much because his leg was beat to meat. Like he had said that he couldn't even put no uh, no weight on it. And this is the big guy saying that. So his leg was pretty much beat to meat. And he and he just wanted to stand in one spot and bang it out. He ate a lot of big shots. And he, he has a hell of a chin. He throws a lot of heavy shots. I believe if his leg hadn't went out, Andre might have been in some trouble. So it was smart of Andre to attack that leg because he was fucking that leg up. And um, I gotta say, I'm not a big fan of Andre Arlovsky either. You know, his last couple fights to me, it went just like this fight went, except for Chase Sherman was coming forward, and I'd be like, Chase Sherman was the aggressor and made this fight what it was. If he would have had somebody who was fighting like himself, this wouldn't have been the banger it was, you know. Uh, but he did his thing, though. He stayed on the outside. He picked him apart. He stayed away from damage, you know. Uh, I, I guess, you know... Uh, I'm just like what 42 years old he's been around a really long time like he's been fighting since like so we're at, we're gonna be on like USC 261 or some shit um, coming up next week he's been fighting since UFC like 20 something like in the 20s you know what I'm saying and we're at 261 so obviously for him he's not gonna be out there biting down on the mouthpiece and you know banging it out with people anymore you know what I mean he has to fight the way he fights. So I, I understand that. And then it was a good fight. It was a good fight. And um, I didn't expect a good fight from Andre, but I got one. So, you know, kudos to Andre. Thank you, bro. Kind of want to see you again. You know what I mean? Of course, not against any of the top guys. You know, you need to keep this win streak going on the way out to your retirement. But beat us some more of these young um, up-and-comers. You know what I mean? Let's see what they got. Because uh, Andre fights a smart fight. His fight IQ is very high. And although I'm not a big fan of the way he fights some of his fights, you got to give the man credit. He's a good fighter. And um, he fights smart. He fights smart. You know what I mean? He definitely fights smart. Trey Sherman, I hope he comes back strong. I think he fought a great fight and could arguably say he won that fight. You know, but... Uh, Hopefully he comes back strong, and um, hopefully because he got to fight Arlovsky, a lot of people got to see him. 
you know, and know who he is now. And um, hopefully that'll get him another good fight. You know, maybe him like a Greg Hardy or something like that, you know. But, yeah, it was a good night of events. Uh, I won some money with Louis Pena. Um, I bet on him to win a decision. He won a split decision, so, you know, same difference. Uh, I bet against Al-Hassan because although... So, I thought Al-Hassan was going to win the fight, right? I figured he was going to win the fight. But, Jacob Makun, I said, uh, he may wrestle fucking to death. And Al-Hassan doesn't have a really good takedown defense. He's in a lot of fights in the first round. I want to say he got knocked out stiff by Michael Chaos Williams his last fight. And I want to say he lost the one before that, too. So, it's like, because uh, uh, who, who, who did he fight? I want to say it was that um, guy from Abu Dhabi or something, you know, I can't remember. But I said, yeah, I'll go with Jacob. And Jacob ended up winning that, so I won that. Uh, I bet on Chase Sherman, ended up losing that. Yeah, I think Chase Sherman won the fight, but, you know, whatever. Ended up losing that. Those leg kicks were, were deadly. And then I bet on Kevin Gaslam, ended up losing that, of course, you know, because he got picked apart. It was so horrible to watch. Like, Kevin... It's just on a bad streak right now. Like, he got that, that win in his last fight, but he's on a bad streak right now, you know. Um, the only fight I bet on in the um, prelims was the Alexander Romanov fight. And I bet on him because he was undefeated, so I figured why not put a few dollars on him. It wasn't a huge payout or anything like that. No, the one there actually wasn't any huge payoffs in this fight. Oh yeah, and I lost money on the Gerald Mishart fight because I bet against Gerald because he got knocked out his last fight and I bet on him that fight. So I bet against him this time and then he fucking wins in the first round. I'm like, you piece of shit. You know, I should have bet for Austin Hubbard, but I didn't. But Austin Hubbard's a pretty good fighter. He's a tough guy, you know. And um, but yeah, so. You know, you win some, you lose some. You know, I don't, I don't ever really cash out like saying I usually just leave all the money in there and replay it again. You know, so you know, and then um, I've, I've never went down to zero. You know, because I always win a few. So and I always bet on underdogs and whatnot and try to get decent payouts and stuff to because I do. You know, what I'm saying lose, but yeah. So good night of events, man. Good night of events. Now we got the uh, Jorge Masvidal and. Kamar Usman coming up next week. I cannot wait for this fight. Uh, I cannot wait for this fight. Now listen, I wouldn't be surprised if Jorge came out there, pieced him up, you know, caught him sipping with something, and just put him down. I wouldn't be surprised, but it has to be the first or second round. If the fight hits the third round, he lost. If the fight hits the third round, he lost. I don't care how much training Jorge has done. He does not have better conditioning than Kamaru Usman. He was gassing in the fight against Nate Diaz. After that third round, and the fight, and that, that kills me. People say, oh, he only had six-day notice. He didn't have a good He was gassing in the fight against Nate Diaz. You all were saying that. He was just starting to slow down. Nate was just starting to heat up and blah, 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 you know. And I think he was dominating that fight. I think he was beating the shit out of Nate Diaz. You know what I mean? I think, I think they saved Nate Diaz a lot of fucking damage. That was a good stoppage. Fuck everybody. He was beating the piss out of Nate Diaz. It was not even competitive. You know? He was laughing at Nate Diaz's punches because Nate Diaz doesn't punch so hard. 
You know what I'm saying? He was literally up against the cage laughing at him and piecing him the fuck up. It was like, it, 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 it was horrible. You know, no one, and people wanted to see more of that as my mate was about to heat up or something. Jorge was fine, but you know, um, he was he was getting tired in that fight. And I feel like he's going to get tired in this fight if Kamaru Usman just wears on him. Kamaru Usman has fought heavy hitters before and got through it. When he was on the Ultimate Fighter with the, with, uh, the Black Zillions, and he fought um, Hydra. And he fought Hydra in, in, in the finale or whatever. Hydra's a heavy hitter. Hydra hits hard. He was he was putting he was he was putting everybody down, you know what I'm saying? Uh he didn't put out Vincent Luque though. Vincent Luque got a chin like a motherfucker, man. Mr. Luque banged it out with him, you know what I'm saying? I mean, he was young Vincent Luque, you know. You always knew Vincent was gonna be a problem, you know what I mean? Cause Luque is a boy, he he banged it out with him. But this guy's a heavy hitter. And he got finished on the ground, you know what I'm saying? In the second round. He got finished, you know. I feel like this. He's going to get taken down because Jorge has been taken down in his career all the time. He has not shown that he has this incredible takedown defense. You know what I mean? So I think he gets taken down and pretty much dominated, you know, and I want that to happen so bad. I'm so tired of hearing him after like it was the six days notice and that was the only reason he lost. And it's like, well, why would you take a fight on six days' notice if you knew you was gonna lose? You know what I'm saying? If you, if, if this, if this was gonna be your excuse, you shouldn't have took the fight on six days' notice. You know, I'm not taking the fight on short notice just to say I lost because I took it on short notice. You know what I mean? No, you know I'm not gonna take the fight then. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. And then people kill me because we're acting like. It wasn't supposed to be him and uh, Jorge and Usman before Gilbert. And he wasn't training before Gilbert. Before he decided it wasn't enough money and then backed out. A couple weeks go by, I want to say, when they put announced it's going to be Gilbert instead. A couple weeks go by, Gilbert pulls out and then he comes back in like the week of like six days before. It's like, bro, but you were training with wrestlers before. You've trained with wrestlers before. The only thing you can say is the weight cut. I'll give him that. The weight cut probably was harsh. You know what I'm saying? The weight cut probably was harsh. But again, you knew that going in. I don't want to hear, oh, I had a harsh weight cut. I had a cut X amount of pounds. So what? You shouldn't have did it then if you knew it was going to affect you the way it did. You've been cutting weight your whole life. Stop playing with me. You know, stop playing with me. But, now you have your second shot that I feel like you did not deserve and you did not earn. You've just been talking a lot and not fighting. Usman has fought since then multiple times. I want to say multiple times. Did he beat Gilbert since then? Was that before or after the Kobe fight? I don't remember. But Usman has fought since then. Kobe has fought since then. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody has, everybody in the top five has been fighting except for Masvidal. <laughs> He's just been talking. And by talking, he got the title fight over the people who's been fighting. This is my biggest problem with the UFC sometimes, you know. This is my biggest problem with the UFC sometimes is that it doesn't, 
it doesn't matter sometimes what you're doing as far as fighting is more about you know is 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 it's more about the fans liking you and can you be popular enough and how many tickets you can sell and then if you can sell more tickets like example because it's going to be in florida they can sell more i mean first of all it's going to sell out regardless i feel that's just silly but because they're going to be in florida they think jorge will be a good draw it's going to sell out blah 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 i'm thinking in my head yeah but as far as competition goes you know what i'm saying the more competitive fight seems it will be Kobe. You know, it was 2-2 going into the fifth round. Everybody has it that way. He beat Masvidal like 50-43. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't even a competitive fight. What are we doing here? Are we putting up the most popular uh, the most popular fighters are getting title shots or the best fighters at this time and period are getting title shots? You know what I mean? Right now, it's the most popular ones, I guess, you know? But we'll see what happens next week. Robert Whitaker did good uh, last night. He did really good. He definitely impressed me. I liked his uh, improvement, man. The speed was ridiculous. So hopefully, you know, we start talking about who's going to fight Izzy next because he lost to Izzy and he's been whooping everybody's ass ever since. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody that, you know, he's fought, if they were to beat him, would have been next in line for Izzy, you know what I mean? But nobody has got through the number one contender yet. You know, nobody has got, they threw Darren Till at him, Darren Till got beat, they do Jerry Conner at him, Jerry, Jerry Conner got beat, they put up Paulo Costa, Paulo Costa got sick like months before, but because of his sickness, he knew he wasn't gonna be able to make that crazy weight cut that he cuts. So Paulo Costa had to pull it out Kevin Gaston comes in, a great replacement, a really good fighter, and he gets dominated. There's nobody for Izzy to fight but Robert. <laughs> There's nobody but you just for him to fight, bro. There's nobody left. <laughs> you know, Robert has pretty much cleaned out the top five. It's time to put him back up. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, he's cleaned out the damn division. It's time to put him back up. There's nobody else for him to fight. Marvin Vittori is talking that shit, but I'm sorry. Marvin didn't put on that kind of performance. Marvin put on the lay and pray. You know what I'm saying? Marvin put on, hold you down, stall the match out until the end of the fight. And it was a five-round fight, so it was so boring, you know? Marvin put on, and then he did that against uh, Kevin Holland, who's not ranked in the top five. So it's like, eh, do you deserve the title shot next? You know, do you? Mm. But my problem is, the only people I see in the middleweight division right now is Paulo Costa and um, Robert Whitaker right now. Kevin Gaston's on a bad streak, man. You know what I'm saying? He's on a bad streak. Uh, Jack Hermanson, I don't know. I don't see him ever getting a, a, a chance to, to, uh, to challenge Izzy. And, okay, so before I go, I know it's getting a little late. Before I go, real quick, upcoming fight got announced. Um, Dominic Reyes is fighting um, Dominic Reyes is fighting against uh, Jerry Pro Procrazat. I'll get his name right once I I, I I hear it said more but Jerry ah, I like Jerry a lot so I really love this fight and hopefully this propels him up the division to get some better fights and maybe a title shot he's a very experienced fighter he took his time coming to the before he got to the uh, UFC and he's a very experienced fighter. I see him knocking out Dominic Reyes, no debates. 
I hate Dominic Reyes. Even if Dominic Reyes does good, I don't care. I hate Dominic Reyes. I don't think he's a real fighter. And, um, I think Dominic Reyes is going to get knocked out. I think Dominic Reyes' first time really having to eat a punch was when he got punched by um, Jan. <laughs> Jan Blakowicz. I think it was his first time eating a punch and he didn't know what to do next. I think it's going to happen again against this guy. I think this guy is going to be able to take his power and it's not going to really affect him. This guy has a very uh, unique style of fighting. He is a very is is very dynamic and is is very fun to watch too. You know, and um, I just put his hands down a lot. You know, what I'm saying his chin out. He takes punches. I don't I don't I don't I don't see him just fighting with his hands down and his chin out trying to take Dominic Reyes punches because Dominic Reyes is a big guy. And regardless of if, if I think he's a you know, a good fighter or not, he still has power, you know, he still puts you down, you know what I mean? So, you know, um, like I say, I see Jerry fucking him up, so I cannot wait for that fight to happen, you know what I'm saying? Because I like to see Jerry fight, and he's one of those guys who's seen, he's only had one fight in the UFC so far, and it just seems as if he may not be fighting so often, so hopefully this fight can, can put him on a run this year, so he can't fight often, man. Maybe get to the title shot, you know what I mean? But I like it more when these guys fight often, especially when they take a fight, they win the fight, don't take any damage. I, I like to see a quick turnaround. I don't want to have to wait a whole nother year to see you fight again, you know what I mean? To see a quick turnaround, you know? Um, Al-Hassan be getting knocked stiff and coming right back, you know what I mean? So, you know, let's see a quick turnaround, you know? I'd like to see... Um, Jaquan Buckley fight too. It's been a while since he fight since, since he's fought his uh, last fight. He got knocked out by uh, Alexio or whatever. That was a good fight though. But yeah, he he just came in and got caught with a head kick, you know. But um, I'd like to see him fight again too. I don't really care to see Kevin Holland fight anytime soon. He needs to work on takedown offense. So does Ahasan. I don't understand that shit. You are a really good striker. You're a really powerful striker and coming into a fight against a wrestler you're in the gym training striking hitting mitts and and sparring this guy's not gonna spar you he's not gonna hit mitts he's gonna wrestle fuck you to death all you need to work on is takedown defense that's all you need to be doing day in and day out and nothing else your hands are already legit you have muscle memory and shit and everything you can throw the hands that shit is legit you need to work on nothing but takedown defense all day every day when you come into the gym all you need to work on is takedown defense and how to get back to your feet if you do get taken down and that needed to be what you do from the time you step in the gym to the time you step out you never need to put the boxing gloves on or anything like that all you need to do is work on takedown defense your striking is already good no one is going to want to stand and strike with you you need to work on takedown defense so that way you can keep the fight where you want it <laughs> you know what i mean i just don't understand that why and then you see the training footage and they're in there fucking you know hitting the um heavy bag and hitting the speed bag and hitting mitts and shit and in the ring sparring and looking all pretty and it's like he's not finna do any of that shit with you when y'all get in the octagon did you think Marvin Vittori was finna fucking stand with you Kevin did you think Derek Brunson was about to stand up with you fuck no they all the game plan is to get in there and wrestle fuck you to death 
You know what I'm saying? You're a good striker. You're a long striker. They're not going to want to strike with you outside. You're a powerful striker. You have great kicks. You have great power in your hand, great hooks. You need to work on nothing but takedown defense. You already got the striking part of the game down. You got that part down pat. What you don't have down pat is takedown defense. And this is why you keep losing fights. You know what I'm saying? Outside of the Michael Chaos Williams knocking you out. But for Kevin Holland, this is why you keep losing fights. And even uh, one of the fights that I feel like you lost, and even he said he lost, uh, I forget the, the brother's name he was fighting, but same difference, takedown defense. You have no takedown defense. You got lucky in that Jakir, uh, Jakir uh, Salazar match. You got lucky, bro. You got lucky. That shit doesn't happen like that all the time. And as you can see, it's never happened free or free like that again so far. You've got lucky in that fight. You know what I mean? Kevin Holland has to be the luckiest fighter of 2020. I'm telling you, he has to be. Because now people know your weakness. You have absolutely zero takedown offense. And you have zero ground game. And it's so crazy to me to be such a good striker and not... And then now I'm not I'm not saying that that that, that they don't train takedown defense because I'm sure they do, but what I'm saying is why isn't that leading up to a fight against a wrestler the only thing you train? You know what I'm saying? You have X amount of time leading up to this fight. I would spend day in and day out training takedown defense until I spent the day stuffing takedowns from you know. Because I, I know at the gym, you have world-class wrestlers at the gym. You have collegiate wrestlers at the gym. I would spend my entire day stuffing takedowns from collegiate wrestlers all day until I went a week in a row where no one could get me on my fucking back. Where no one at my gym could take me down. That would be my goal if I was a Kevin Holland. Because your striking is impeccable. You have amazing striking. Uh, Ahasan has amazing power. He has power at really good striking. And then it comes to the takedown offense, and you just get taken down over and over and over and over and over. And it's like, what the fuck, bro? And then when you see their training, all they're doing is sparring and shit. You know, you see a little grappling, you know, they're rolling around, getting a good workout. But it's like, bro, no one is going to want to strike with you. You need to figure out how you can keep the fight where you want it and work on that. Ben Ashburn is a horrible striker. He came into the he came into MMA a wrestler. So what did he do? He learned how to get the fight where he wanted it to be. So no matter what kind of striker they put him in front of, it didn't make a difference. How powerful this guy was, how strong this guy was, he'd grab a hold of you and get the fight where he needed it to be. It was that simple. You see what I'm saying? It was that simple. These guys need to understand, as far as these strikers go, you need to be able to keep the fight on your feet. Keep the guy off of you. You know what I mean? Yes, he's going to grab a hold of you. Yes, you're going to have to stuff the takedown for, for a while, but you need to figure out how to just stuff the takedown and stuff the takedown and stuff the takedown and stuff the takedown. You know? You got to figure that out. You know? If you're not going to figure that out, you're never going to be a champion in the UFC. You're never even going to make it that far because people are just going to take you down and and do what they've done with Kevin Holland. Take you down and just hold you there. Derek Brunson took him down, held him down, won the fight. Didn't really do much, just held him down, won the fight, stalled it out. Marvin Victoria took him down, stalled him out. Jacob took down Al-Hassan, stalled him out. These guys are winning fights. 
by holding you still, you know? Y'all gotta figure that shit out. Because, <laughs> you know, to, to, to have gotten this far in your career, and it's so crazy to me, because this is like the top of the top right here, you know? So to get to the top of the mountain and not know how to stop a takedown or not be able to defend a takedown, I mean, Kevin Holland is taking out every single round and then he's there the rest of the round. You know what I'm saying? It's horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible, you know? So, I don't know. But anyways, that's the podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, this one was a little longer, you know, after the fight. Sometimes I get a little long-winded, you know, but it's what it is. Thank you guys for sticking around. And till next time, I am the last sane human.